Hi friends, welcome to the Relationship 411 podcast. I'm Jennifer, a certified life coach that specializes in relationships. I'm a mom of four awesome kids, a podcaster, world traveler, Netflix watcher, yoga doer, fashion merchandiser, and an Instagrammer. I want to help you with your relationships, mainly your relationship with yourself, your family, and God. Thanks for listening and letting me share the tools I have learned that can help you in this journey we call life. Hey friends, welcome to today's podcast. I'm so excited to be here and I loved having Becky Hennessy on so much that I asked her to come back again. Yeah, so we're so excited. So if you didn't listen to um, last week's podcast, um, she kind of, we talked about the five daily things that if someone's been betrayed that they should do. So go back and listen to that if you haven't. Becky is a trained therapist. She specializes in trauma, especially betrayal trauma. But we're going to call it relational trauma, I've learned today. And I really like, actually, I like that better. I think betrayal trauma has become such a buzzword that it's irritating. Mm. And I like relational trauma. I think that sounds like, that sounds like, okay, I want that. Yeah. So I don't know. I Not probably that you want relational yeah, trauma. But I don't that, want, yeah, yeah, yeah I, but I, I, I want to, I want to get help for that. Yeah, yeah. I might be the odd one out, but maybe people like betrayal trauma, but I just really, I really appreciate you saying that. So yeah, I actually yeah. really haven't heard that yeah. before. So anyway, so we're going to talk about some more things today and because it's a topic that we could talk about for a long time. Yeah. So tell us what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. So uh, just kind of like recap real quick, uh, those five days and go back and listen to the other episode because... I mean, Jennifer's pretty, It was really good. Jennifer's pretty great. <laughs> She's pretty amazing. Um, but those five things real quick, those five dailies are drink more water, eat three meals a day, quality sleep, move your body on purpose, intentional movement. Some people call it exercise, and by some people, I mean not me. And do something to hygienically take care of your body. Those are those five things that we talked about. And that falls under the umbrella of safety, which is... The first phase that you're going to go through with somebody who is trauma informed, a professional who's trauma informed, and to really fast. Do your would process. you ever add gratitude? Is that like a different step? Because I feel like for me, I've done keeping a gratitude journal, and that's been like life changing for me. Yeah, I think absolutely. Like as part of the safety umbrella, another word for that therapist, I mean, we call it resourcing, mm. which we talked a lot about actually in that yeah. training, right? And it's just like. Tapping into whatever resource you have of strength, Mm -hmm. and gratitude is absolutely a resource of strength. So heck yeah, that totally falls under that umbrella of safety and is helpful early, early on. And then gratitude is not at least. That's not gratitude, Mm -hmm. right? So it's not a situation of where it's like, well, at least my dog didn't die. Because all all that does is puts a silver lining on a cloud, and sometimes clouds are just clouds, and they just suck, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Gratitude is more than an attitude. It's not having an attitude of gratitude. It's having a practice of gratitude, which you nailed perfectly by saying like journaling and things like that. It's actually doing something that yeah, I puts find that it, gratitude out it's there. It's like, and also even journaling, like your thoughts and feelings for me, like getting all of what's inside of me out. And so I'm not necessarily speaking it to someone because if anyone read my journals, they'd be like, whoa. <laughs> she is a rock star. I am a dark person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I have some dark thoughts. Sure. But I just like, it's been really helpful for me to like write mm. down my feelings because then they're, I feel like they're not stuck inside me anymore. Yeah. They're on a piece of paper. So I don't know. Which is beautiful. That actually takes us into okay. that second phase. Because the second phase is kind of the resolving of, it's the discovering of and resolving of like 
the trauma components and the relational things and the betrayal stuff. And uh, a lot of times when we think, okay, if I'm going to go to a professional, I'm going to go talk to somebody about my stuff, which is absolutely one way to navigate relational trauma. Talk therapy is incredible. I have been a talk therapist for 15 years. Like I absolutely get behind it. But there are so many other components of therapy that are instrumental when you're dealing with trauma. Um, talk therapy is one of many, but it it actually isn't my favorite. Yeah. And it sh- I think it shouldn't be your only way. No. Like I think we somehow we think that's what therapy is. Oh, you go into someone's office and you lay on a couch mm. and you tell them all your problems and then you leave and you're yeah. better somehow. But I just think we're missing a lot of things. So I'm so yes. glad that you're into all that because I'm yeah. learning to get into all that. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. We're missing a lot of things. Yeah. And the reason why is because the body is what holds on to trauma. It's a body experience. Even if trauma didn't happen with your body, that's where it sits and that's where it hangs out. Mm-hmm. Really good book, Body Keeps Score. I mean, really good book. I'm a therapist, so to me it no, really is. No, I, really am- I think it's, but- it is a lot of words, but it's an amazing, it's really informational. It is a really informational read, yeah. right? And so there's so many other kinds of therapy that can be done, like experiential therapy, which is when we met at experiential training. Yeah. Mark Pimsler, absolutely, like you yeah. want to meet a magician He's, ama- world he's renowned, amazing. amazing. I'm like, I just yeah. want to hang out with you. <laughs> yeah, all all the days, yes. all the times. Yeah. Yes. So we went to a training um, that Mark did on experiential stuff. I went as a therapist. You went as a coach, yeah. which is awesome. And we learned a lot about that. Experiential is anything outside of talk therapy. So EMDR, which I'm trained in, that is an experiential therapy. Music, art, sculpting clay, uh, journaling, like anything that's not just talk therapy is yeah. can, can fall Music under that and, Music, yep. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. And what I've come to find just in the folks that I've worked with, and I've worked with kids, I worked with like kiddos, they were probably half of my caseload for about the first 11 and a half years of being a therapist. And then the rest were grownups, married, whatever, um, all kinds of different grownups, is that kid or grownup our souls, mm-hmm. our bodies just want to process stuff through play, through yeah. creating, through doing those kinds of things. And so if you are listening to this and you're like, oh, girl, I have been in the talk therapy and I have done it for so long and it is not helpful, you may be right. Yeah, You may need to go and find a therapist that can do experiential stuff with you. Just know you can run, but you cannot hide. When you do things like EMDR or other experiential therapies, it will come up, it will come out, and you will need to deal with your stuff. Yeah. So. But it, it's, it's it, I think it's life-changing. It's really, yeah. in my opinion, life-changing. And I think we are all created. We were created by God, and yeah. we are all humans. We're meant to create. Yeah. And if we're not creating, and I think betrayal or relational trauma kind of suppresses that in a person. Yeah. Um, at least I feel like it did that in me. Yeah. And so when I, I just stuffed all my emotions, stuffed them all down yeah. for a long, 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 long time. Mm-hmm. And then now that they're coming out, it's like, no, I want to create, I want to be. And um, it's, I think you have to have an open mind doing it. Yeah. 
But if you or try not, it, and then you yeah. get one. <laughs> yeah, you get one. <laughs> yeah. But um, so tell us exactly, like, give us an example of an experiential therapy thing that you do um, um, if you have one. And then like EMDR, because I'm not, I want to do EMDR. I'm thinking about doing it and I, I don't really know. It's like with your eyes, right? Mm-hmm. It can be, yeah. So what's an example of experiential therapy? I'll give you one that's kind of like not going to freak people out. Because like sometimes, you know, we pull out scarves and yeah. we're doing all kinds of things, talking to chairs and people but it's are like, really, what? But it's really, so it's good. so helpful. So helpful. And, and you think like, this is hocus pocus hippie talk. And then you do it and you're like, I think my life has been changed. Like yeah. I, it's just, yeah. But pretty common ones are things like art. Like drawing mm-hmm. is an experiential therapy, um, using music. So uh, there's times, a lot of times where I'll visit with somebody and they're trying to describe to me, this was my life before, this is my life now, and this is my life, this is how I want my life to be. And they're trying to tell me with words, but I just don't feel it. Like mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. But I, I want to experience that with them. So I'll say, okay, next time you come back, I want you to pick a song that shows me this is how my life was before. Yeah. And then I want you to pick a song that shows me this is how my life feels now. And then I want you to pick a song that shows me how you want your life to be. And then when yeah. they bring that back and we listen and I can experience how their life was before, I get it. Yeah. And I can experience the the dumpster fire that they feel like their life is now, I can get it. And I experience how they want it to be, I can help guide them there, right? Yeah. And I, you know, I've done that with like a like a word describe an emotion, betrayal. Um, pick a song that represents yeah. betrayal. Yeah. Um, pick a color. Pick a name. Yes, exactly. Um, write how you feel. And so I think it's very helpful. It, even you could do this with your kids. Sure. Is help me. Let's describe anxiety. Yeah. And give it a name. And so it's like, oh, Fred is coming with us to school today. And yeah. Fred, you've named anxiety, and you've taught your child. So I, I, I yes, actually, beautiful. it just is so helpful for kids, but mm-hmm. as adults too, it can be very helpful because sometimes it's hard to describe an emotion and yeah. describe like, how are we feeling? It's like, you know it, but then, yeah, I like the songs or trying to, you know, have a different way of doing it, drawing yeah, a picture. Exactly, exactly. This is, even though, you know, you don't have to be a good artist to do it. You can no. still do it. And I've done it with tape or... um paint, you know, Mm -hmm. lots of different ways to do it. Mediums. Yeah. 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 So So EMDR does fall under that umbrella. What EMDR stands for is eye movement desensitization reprocessing. Mm -hmm. A lot of people get nervous that maybe it's hypnotism or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's not. Uh, You're completely aware. You're completely conscious. But basically, this is how I explain it. And y'all, just Google it. Yeah. Because Google's <laughs> going to tell you better probably than Sometimes I Sometimes you don't want to tell people to Google things. You can Google <laughs> EMDR. EMDR, you can Google that. Okay, it's and, a safe, safe and it, Yeah. If you want, if you want like the textbooky definition, you'll get it there. But if you want the one that might make a little more sense, you'll get it here. Okay. So um, basically, anytime that there's a distressing event or a traumatic event that happens, that kind of like has this frozen prickly ball that gets put around it. And everything that happens, smells, tastes, sights, things that you heard kind of get frozen in this prickly ball. And that sits in our short-term memory. And then when we go to sleep, when REM happens, Mm. REM scoops it up out of our brain in that Mm. short-term memory and it puts it back into the long-term memory. Mm. So then you've got this frozen prickly ball that comes from your short-term memory and it gets scooped back and it gets put in your long-term memory. And it sits there. And then anything that happens throughout any other days that may remind you of it or remind your body of it, even if you don't necessarily know, remind your subconscious of it, 
it pokes up against that prickly ball and it hurts. We call those triggers, mm. right? So what EMDR does is it replicates REM sleep. And the way that it does that is it has your eyes move from one corner to the next, one corner to the mm. next. Don't try to do this yourselves, you guys. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> Find somebody that can yeah. help you. Yeah. So it it has you replicate REM sleep. And sometimes we can do that with our eyes. And sometimes we can do that with our bodies. Like um, my favorite way with my therapist is what's called a butterfly hug. And you just like cross your arms. You have, you know, one hand touch one shoulder, another hand touch another shoulder. And you just tap. Another way is to oh, tap yeah. the top of your legs. There's diagonal ways you can do it. Some therapists have like these little buzzers, not like electric buzzers, mm-hmm, yeah. but they just kind of like buzz a little bit and you hold them and they just go, you know, to each. Like um, uh-huh. Anyway, so as you do that, your brain thinks that it's REM sleep. And so what it does is it allows that short-term memory and that long-term memory to be a little bit more fluid. So with EMDR, as you're doing the EMDR, we scoop up that frozen prickly ball, we bring it into your short-term memory, we thaw it out, we knock off the pricklies, we fuzzy it up a little bit, and then we plunk it back into that long-term memory. And so you do that with talking about it as you're doing this? Are you talking at the same there's time? There's not or? a ton of talking. Oh, there's not a lot there's of There's some. Talking. There's okay. a little bit of, of it. But basically, as you're doing this, you're just noticing Mm-hmm. And you just notice like it's a cloud passing in, cloud passing out, kind of like swiping on your phone. Yeah. So the thoughts come in and then you let them go out and then the next comes in and then you let it go out. And as you're doing that, you want to make sure that you're doing EMDR with somebody who's trained in EMDR, right? Not somebody who like Googled yeah. it, looked it up on the YouTube, <laughs> right? So as you're doing that, all the things that need to come up and come out, come up and come out in like a 50 minute to 90 minute, sometimes two hour situation and then you don't need to have it feel prickly and hard. Then it just becomes, this is a memory. This is something that happened. But it doesn't have all of the triggers yeah. associated to it. So it's it's kind of magical. Yeah. And do you do ways. that like one time, five times, ten times? As many times as needed. What I've come to find, and I'm actually quite curious about brain spotting. Brain yeah. spotting is a lot quicker than EMDR. Mm-hmm. Um, hindsight. I mean, you know, you just do with the information that you have. So yeah. EMDR is what I've done. Um, but I am really curious about brain spotting. But basically you go in, your first session is considered a safety session. So you establish a safe place in your brain, you practice the EMDR techniques, and then the second time that you go back is going to be reprocessing. I've had people come in for two sessions and call it good. They're like, we're great. I've had other people come in for 12 sessions. Mm -hmm. Um, Generally speaking, it's about eight to 12 sessions Mm -hmm. that you're looking at-ish. And usually what happens is somebody does it and they're like, that's the bee's knees. And so then they come back and they're like, can we start another one? And can we do it in this? And yeah. can we do it over here and, and whatever? And so that's how come people a lot of times will do it. If it's complex trauma, um, there are layers. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it may take a little bit of time. It's kind of like a huge house. We go in, we open the door, we deal with all the stuff in there. And then we go to the next door and we deal with all the stuff in there. So it's pretty awesome. It's it's a cool way to do it. Yeah. If yeah. you're if you're looking, I mean, consider brain spotting. Because yeah. I am. Yeah. So. And I think it's so interesting that there's just so many other options so out many there. Other options. I've looked into ketamine a little yeah. bit. I don't know yeah. if you've ever looked in that. Yeah. Just, I mean, there's a lot of things in people's lives, depression, anxiety. And if there's, you know, some some things are like 
I don't know, what is it, the mesh, the psychedelics? Like I the- mean, research says, <laughs> science says that it's actually <laughs> yeah. pretty. So who knows? I do I breath think, work instead yeah. of psychedelics. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, who knows? We'll I see. I mean, I think, you know, but I, I just think sometimes we get stuck yeah. in like, oh, no, we have to go to a therapist. And this is this, this is what it looks like. Yeah. And this is where it is. And I became a life coach because um, I didn't want to go back to like, you know, get my master's or whatever. Sure. But I loved life coaching helped me so much. Yeah. And it's like, no, there's all different ways so and different ways. ways are going to help different people. Yep. And I think the people that say, well, I'm not doing any of it, you know, you're missing out. Like you're, yeah. you should, well, we should never should, but should I'm not going to shit on Nobody you, should but, on you know, open these things up and yeah, get curious, curious. Um, and maybe try a few. Yes, these things cost money, but what, is your brain and your mental health worth? Mm-hmm. I would say a lot. Sure. And especially your kids, and especially if you've experienced these things, to have like a normal, healthy living, you know, yeah. life. I mean, there's not a normal life, but, you know, yeah, just and it really a more functional as, life. Yeah, it's not as expensive as you think. Like in your head, you have a price tag, you may, um, it's it's not bad. Like yeah. at least. And look into it, research. Sure. That, and yeah. um, so the other thing, I wanted to discuss is a lot of times in betrayal, the betrayed spouse either discovers the betrayal or Mm -hmm. it's disclosed to them. And Mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about that and how that goes down? Yeah. So discovery is when you come across it or when you find out about it and it's not something that's been disclosed to you by the person who was betrayed. Disclosure is when that person comes to you and says, hey, this is going on. Um, I just want you to be aware or we need to get some help or something like that. Therapeutic disclosure is when um, there's a therapist involved and there's a therapeutic way to let an individual know what's going on. By far, discovery is the hardest for the for the partner mm-hmm. or for the person that is being betrayed. What Be- about for the person betraying? Is discovery the hardest for them too? I don't or? know. I feel like disclosure is harder for the Dis- betrayer. Therapeutic disclosure. Yeah, they're, that's, they're, that's brutal. I mean, yeah. it's good. It's a good yeah. brutal. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's brutiful, right? Like yeah. brutal and beautiful. All <laughs> yeah. Ones. yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, th- I think that... In all of them, what I've come to find with the folks that either have compulsive behaviors, addictions, whatever, is that the general consensus, whether it's discovery, disclosure, or therapeutic disclosure, is that it's such a relief mm-hmm. that the truth has come out. I mean, initially it sucks, right? But right. If, if they're wanting to get into their own recovery of worth and identity and trust and they're wanting to heal, um, those folks – typically say like I was just so like it felt like a weight was coming off of me in any of those three spaces so um that's kind of the common denominator that I've heard from them I mean I could definitely be wrong but discovery is way harder for a part because it's like would you ever have told me Mm -hmm. and the way that we find out is tricky and traumatic I mean you open up a computer screen and all of a sudden you're seeing things that you never wanted to see or you're looking at financials and you're seeing things that you're like what the heck is this or I mean there's all kinds of different ways that that happens and even that itself like the discovery of it can be traumatic never mind the information that's found Mm -hmm. and so discovery can be really hard Um, my recommendation if discovery is what occurs or if disclosure is what occurs is that you find a trained professional who's trauma-informed 
who can navigate a therapeutic disclosure with you. Because even if disclosure is what happened, we want to have some kind of therapeutic disclosure because there is a process. There's a way that we want to go over that with a fine-tooth comb. Not to shame. We definitely don't want to have it be a situation of where... And, and that can happen. There are some professionals who are not trauma-informed that absolutely will shame the person who's betrayed, right? Like in a therapeutic disclosure, it just feels like they're getting hit with a you know, baseball yeah. bat or whatever. Well, and they've already been shaming themselves. They've already been shaming yeah. themselves, right? Um, but a therapeutic disclosure with somebody who knows what they're doing can actually be really healing for both parties. And it's not coming from a place of shame. It's coming from a place of let's get everything out on the table. And it's going to come in a in a way that's not going to be more traumatic for the person that's being disclosed to or for the person who's doing the disclosing. Because it can be traumatic for both, right? Right. Um, there are certain details that actually aren't that necessary, even though as the person being betrayed, you think they are. Mm -hmm. And as the person who's disclosing, you just want to be 100% transparent. Right. You just want to be honest. So you're like, yeah, I'll tell you all the things. When a lot of that stuff actually isn't helpful and not necessary. And so as you do the therapeutic disclosure, then you're able to have somebody help you navigate. Oh, actually, we don't need to know the name of the hotel that that happened in. And we don't need to know the color of hair. And we don't need to know um, the way that you spent all that money, uh, you know, with the business part, whatever. Like, so regardless of whether disclosure happens or discovery happens, I would say connect so that a therapeutic disclosure can happen. And that's when everything gets out on the table. And then that's when you can say, okay, this is what we're dealing with. And you can make an informed decision as a partner and they can make an informed decision as well. How are we going to move forward for ourselves? How are we going to move forward as partners? That kind of thing. Yeah, I love that. And I think if you're going to a therapist that doesn't suggest that, then you probably need to find a different yeah, therapist. Yeah, that's for sure informational. Yeah, yeah because... Yeah. Yeah, I've had that experience, and it's mm. like, wait a second, like <laughs> now, I, now I'm learning all this. But yeah. anyways, yeah. I I agree with that. Um, it's just interesting to hear all that from you. Yeah. Um. So, is there anything else you want to share? And we have a few more minutes left. No, I have a question for you. Okay, do yeah. I get to do that? Yes, is, you can, can totally okay. ask me a question. My question for you, being mm -hmm. someone who has ventured down this road, I'm curious. What you feel like was absolutely, and I mean, it's not fair because I'm going to say most helpful and you might be like, well, mm -hmm. there's like 16 things, but I'm curious what was most helpful for you initially. Like what, yeah, what was most helpful for you initially? Well, I think for me, the most helpful thing for me was to not be the victim of my mm, circumstance. Like yeah. I, to, to get empowered that realizing it wasn't about me yeah had nothing oh, to do huge. with me yeah and so I I didn't attach what had happened that it was my fault I wasn't pretty enough I wasn't skinny enough I wasn't nice enough it was going to happen regardless so it wasn't about me yeah. and I think that is a hard place and I don't know why it wasn't difficult for me to get there mm -hmm. um you know I was going to a therapist and like owning my truth, I I really am into Brene Brown yeah. and learning to be vulnerable and just say what is, is, and this is what happened. And I'm not ashamed of it. I don't want to also shame my partner. Yeah. Um, this is what we're dealing with. So let's deal with it. And so, but um, unfortunately, I think, you know, in our faith, it becomes a shame 
thing people don't want to talk about it. Yeah, and, and don't want to share. Right? Like yeah, in any, faith. any religion. Yeah. It's it's yeah. like, but so that's why I wanted to become a coach. Why I want to have these conversations. It's They're beautiful. hard conversations, but I think if we're not talking about it. No one's talking about it. And there are women suffering right now Mm -hmm. that have just found out their husband cheated on them or they're, you know, are addicted to porn or whatever. There's a gazillion things we could be betrayed about. Um, 16. Is that what? 12. 12. 12. I mean, 16. (laughs) I don't know. 12. Anyway. 12 12 that have been researched. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I just, I think if we talk about it, then we can resolve it and it's not going to go away, but we're going to be able to get people the help that they need yeah. and to help, you know, help heal their souls. It's going to affect your kids. So help your kids. Yeah. And I don't know. So that, that's my biggest thing, I think. Um, and then also adding now the trauma component Yeah. on getting healed that way, because I did just stuff everything down inside of me and sure. I have lots of prickly, <laughs> prickly balls, I think, yeah. in, my, <laughs> in my head. It was like, oh, balls, trigger, yeah. trigger, trigger. So yeah. anyways, so I don't know. But well, and that is me. why y'all listen to this amazing podcast, oh, because well. <laughs> that is just greatness. It was just shared and there. Thanks, Becky. So thanks so much for coming. For sure, and. For sure. Becky, um, if people want to call you and hire you as their therapist or help them do experiential therapy or EMDR, how are they going to get a hold of you? Yeah, so my website is just beckyhennessy.com. That's B-E-C-K-I-E. And then Hennessy is H-E-N-N-E-S-S-Y.com. Um, I am not on social media by choice. But so you have will, a podcast too. Tell I do us have your a podcast. podcast. So I have a podcast called Living Through with Becky Hennessy. And it actually is for people who have been betrayed or people that are suffering any kind of trauma. And so you can go and listen to me there. Y'all, it is not like on a schedule. I'm just going to be real. <laughs> like when I think, oh, I could podcast about that. I do. And so it comes when it comes. And that's just great. That's totally fine. I get to be the boss. So it's yes. fine. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, but there's, oh, golly, we're probably up to like almost 80 episodes on there. So you can go and listen to that. And I... Like, they're short. We're talking 15 minutes, 20 minutes. I mean, a really long day might be a 30-minute one. Yeah. So yeah. It's um, hard to make a 30-minute so podcast. It's so hard, yeah. So go and give that a listen. And all my contact information is just on my website. Those are the ways you're going to find me. I have one YouTube video from Our Turtle House. I don't know if you're familiar with. Um, so if you look up Becky Hennessy on YouTube, there's one video of a fireside about forgiveness, which is there that's awesome anyway yeah all right thanks for (laughs) listening everyone have a great day if you want more relationship tips email me at jennifer at relationship 411 podcast.com so you can get on my email list and also you can find me on instagram and facebook at relationship 411 podcast i promise to give you the 411 about relationships so you don't have to call 911 for yours 